0: Welcome back to episode four of 1% Toronto, and uh, this time we're going to talk about real estate. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the hottest commodities on, in Toronto, in my
0: opinion. Here, here's the thing, I've really been looking forward to this episode because we hear about, if you live in Toronto, you, inevitably you're going to hear about real estate, how either the prices are jumping up or like people complaining. It's just such a fascinating topic to talk about, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's on everyone's mind because everyone needs some form some form of shelter and the prices have been going crazy especially the last couple of years. I think we were looking up the average price of a property in Toronto. It was it increased 17% in just 1 year from 2019 to 2020. And also if you look at uh the same house if you buy it back in t- 2010 and it was worth just under four hundred K now it's more than double and it's like upwards of nine hundred K, which is crazy in my opinion. So we would pretty much double our money if we bought a house back in twenty ten.
0: Which is better returns than a stock market could probably give you during that time Yeah, A reference. We should start from the get go though and say that like this episode is not it's going to be us telling you the process of buying if you're there or like walking you through what it looks like i guess like would you Mm -hmm. say that's accurate dude
1: yeah and and just what to look out for uh when when you're purchasing a property
0: Mm -hmm. like we're not realtors so we can't give you like a full in-depth kind of real estate outlook on the industry stuff like that i think this episode again is more geared towards hey i want to buy property what, what should I do? I do? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I guess to
1: start off, when when buying a property, first you gotta have something in mind that you want to get, whether it be a house, a condo, a townhouse, uh, and you want to be looking at areas uh, that fit your budget as well, because because houses in different different. Uh, towns, cities, they vary in prices. And I, I guess like general uh, rule of thumb would be the closer it is to Toronto,
0: the more expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth knowing. I think for the format for this episode would be like Matt and I going third, picking up property and, walk, and working backwards and see how it would work if we were to purchase it. We'll probably be scanning within Toronto because the name of the podcast is 1% Toronto. But we'll cover the different areas and I guess as natives to Toronto, we'll tell you like our opinions on each area and what to, what to look out for. I guess as well. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned we should you should probably have an idea of what kind of property you want to purchase, right? What would you yeah. say like? Uh, what you say? I guess where to start, right? Like Condor House. Let's start with that. Condor House.
1: Ooh. Cool. Uh, I would s- personally, I would say that depends on where you are in life in terms of in terms of family. Um, because if you have you no know, a family of four, you would de- a a condo would most likely not be enough space for four of you. Um, so if you're if you're like us, where you know we're still quite young, tw- mid twenties. Uh, just looking for a place for ourselves uh, or like one or a significant other, so just two people, a condo would, would work just fine in that case.
0: okay, so we'll start with a condo then, and then just to again reiterate what we'll talk about, like what we'll work backwards and discuss is applicable to both condos and houses. but for the purposes of like time, we're probably gonna
2: mm-hmm.
0: just do a condo oh <laughs> well, uh, both both processes
1: are. Pretty similar, I would say. Uh, I, I would say the house would just be on the bigger scale in terms. Of yeah, price. just
0: like multiple condo units fused into one thing. That's a couple like multiple floors. You know, with a garage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're picking a condo. What website would you use, or like, I guess, where would you start for look if you want to look for what's available on the condo market? Uh,
1: well, I think one of the uh. Best resources would be condos.ca. It's a, <laughs> it's a it's a free website where, where you can browse uh, condo listings, um, just condo, like information on condos that were sold uh, before, and yeah, just a- everything you need to know about condos. Uh, it's free to use. You just have to make an account uh, and and verify it with your with your uh, email.
0: We, we love condos.ca like uh this might be too much information but like during the morning when i'm set on my porcelain throne i go through condos.ca it's very therapeutic very therapeutic (laughs) okay so you're on condos.ca you're looking for like what's available you're able to see what's available on the market right what are some more important things that you would look for in a condo i guess based on what's available, like what are the big factors for you when you're looking at a condo that like you would recommend other people keep in mind as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one would definitely be the location of the place. Um, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Cause let's say we'll, we'll just make an assumption that, you know, you're working downtown right? You, you don't want to be be getting a condo up in Lake Simcoe college area that doesn't make sense you it'll, it'll take five hours just to get to work right so ideally, you wouldn't want to get something close to close to Toronto or like maybe like a bus ride or a subway subway ride away so that is that is one of the biggest factors in my opinion.
0: Right. And it's worth noting as well, like Matt said before, the closer you are to like the GTA core, the more expensive the condo will be. So it's about finding the balance between where you want to live, the location, and what you can afford. Generally, as you get farther away from the core, it gets a bit cheaper. But again, um, this is where other factors will come into play. Like, is that location too far? Right? Is it? Is there public transit? Like, how close are you to like the nearest subway station? If that subway station is not directly on the train line, right? Like, what if you have access to a bus stop, but the bus ride to the train station is like another twenty minutes? That adds up. Uh, yeah. Another thing that I think is underrated is accessibility to amenities. If your condo is in the middle of nowhere and you have to walk ten minutes to a grocery store or to the closest bank. Trust me, it sucks at the end of a workday. <laughs> it really fucking sucks. Um, yeah, I think those are like the big things to keep in mind. I think as you like look at properties and just start browsing, and once you start living in Toronto a bit more, even if you're in Toronto, you just explore the areas. You get a feel for what you like and what you don't like.
1: Hmm. Yeah, like stuff like uh, that it'll be more specific features um for example a kitchen or if you want a backyard well you won't have a backyard for a condo but like uh whatever amenities that are offered in your condo right because that's a big part of what you pay for um and storage is a big one too storage and parking because i want to say a large portion of people in the GTA do own cars so Having a, having a place where, where you can park your car is quite
0: important too. Mm-hmm. Again, all these factors, um, you'll figure out what's, what's important to you very quickly based on your lifestyle, but just make sure you are aware that as you're browsing for property to keep like what you've, what's important to you in mind, right? Whether it's a condo or a house. All right, so let's go on condos.ca and find a random condo and work backwards from there. The reason why we're doing in this format versus like just spinning facts i feel like it's a it's a great approach like matt suggested it because it's more almost immersive yeah and you can really see like the thought process behind it okay so it's telling us to punch in a neighborhood dude where do you wanna where do you wanna find your dream condo in
1: um let's say somewhere on the uh,
0: subway line maybe Okay, so for reference, uh, if you're a listener, you probably are well, you're pretty comfortable with Toronto, but there's two main subway lines line one and line two. Line two runs uh, west to east, and line one runs north to south. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's go to Scarborough. Yeah, okay. So we're gonna look at a condo that's close to. Wow, that doesn't work. Warden Station, which is the second last stop on the east end. (laughs) I
2: know it very well. Okay, it's.
0: Wow. These are pretty expensive for what you're getting. Okay, let's look at this one. This one is. That is around a five minute walk into the Warden Station. Mm-hmm. So, it's, a, it's like a condo to start off with. Okay, you can't see what's on our screen right now, but we found a condo that's like a five-minute walk away from Wharton Station on condos.ca. Two-bedroom... Uh, what was it? Two-bed, two two-bath. Bath. 500
2: square. Wow. Sounds really big.
0: Yeah, it's 800 square feet, dude. This thing is pretty big. The maintenance fees is not bad. 432. Shoot. Okay, wait, wait. Let's just start with the price and we'll work backwards because, like, we're fawning over this condo right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, look at that kitchen. Oh man, we sound so nice.
1: Kitchen, to be honest. I like the nice I marble. They,
0: yeah, wow. the plants just look pretty new, too. Or not new, but like better than what probably already came in with the unit, right? It looks like they upgraded sometime. Okay, so we found a condo by Warren Station. The asking price is. $499, hundred and ninety nine k. So 500K, half a mil. This is, and this is a two bed, two bath with one parking. And this is a five minute walk away from Warren Station. We're looking at the amenities now. And uh, I mean, it's a condo. So there's probably like a gym. You probably have a concierge. Oh, there we go. Barbecues, party room. You have visitor parking. You have a parking garage. And then it looks like your monthly condo fees cover water. This is all in. Common element. No, wait, no, it's just water. You still have to pay for a hydro. You have to okay. pay for a heating? Yeah, it's only water it's covered, it looks like. Mm, okay. Electricity isn't. OK, but this is uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, if we, now we're just going through the photos and making sure, like, personally, like, for a condo, I like to have a big kitchen. I'm not a fan of, like, a kitchen, like, one counter against the wall, like, a nice U kind of thing going. And this has that. Two bathrooms. The wall's pretty ugly, but that can always be repainted. Yeah, dude. Let's say we want to buy, the like... Okay, that bathroom is a bit ugly, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it's five hundred k. Let's say we want to buy this unit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so Matt and I we want to buy this unit. Too bad, too bad. We'll, we're each other's roommates. Let's get this going. Okay, so where do we start? We know the asking price for this unit is five hundred k. What would you? What's the first thing? Like you recommend our audience, like, to do? Think about um, yeah.
1: Yeah, of uh, it would be how much cash you need on hand to buy it. Uh, so how it works: most people don't have five hundred k cash upfront. They'll most likely have to get a mortgage, and to get a mortgage, we would need to pay a down payment on the uh, condo. Uh, generally speaking, uh, it would be twenty percent, but there are exceptions where you can pay as low as five percent uh of the property value but for if you're going as oh let's start with 20 percent 20 percent will need 100k 100k to um to pay the down payment for for the property and you would get a loan for the remainder 400, 400 of the
0: uh Wait, of i don't the... know my math let me actually do the self for you dude yeah you're right it's 100k
1: work nice <laughs> uh yeah so like 400k plus give or take a little more uh, mm-hmm. because of cl- uh, closing costs and whatnot
0: well let's, let's keep it simple for now the unit is 500k
1: so um, you need 100k upfront when oh. when you pay when you buy the condo
0: got it okay and then the balance oh. is the loan that from the bank which is called the mortgage basically
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay and so, what happens if i don't have like 100k are there other options for me
1: there's something called mortgage insurance. Uh, if you can, you have to get mortgage insurance if you pay less than 20% of the down payment uh, and for th- for the uh, mortgage insurance, you'll be paying a premium on your loan uh, for being, for paying less upfront. front, I guess. Right.
0: <clears throat> Think about and- it as a uh, insurance premium, like uh, you're, how you pay a month. That's what mm-hmm. mortgage insurance is like, and you would you would not only have the monthly payments on the mortgage now, on top of that you would have to pay like mortgage insurance. Yeah. But in exchange for that, you can go under the twenty percent. Say you, I we really, really like this unit, but we don't have that much cash on us. Then we can go to like five percent or something mm. for down payment.
1: Like keep in mind, if you're only paying five five percent, you'll have you'll have to pay a, a premium of. on your total loan, which is quite a bit, month month after month.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly, for mortgage insurance, you are betting on the property appreciating a lot, right? Because you're paying all this premium for just to close on this property. You are betting that the property will appreciate faster than you can save for that balance of 15% to get to that 20% down payment um with the way toronto real estate is going it might be a feasible way but again just keep in mind you're paying less up front but there are consequences in the long run right yeah
1: you pay more in in premiums and interest
0: okay so that's a like you would would you say like that's the first step in evaluating like your personal finances if you're trying to i guess buy a unit or see what you can afford out there
1: yeah, for sure cuz you, you you don't you don't want to be looking at places that you can't afford, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just having an idea of how much asset or liquid, liquid cash you have to pay for it up front, you can calculate uh, what's you know, how much how, how, yeah, how much of a uh, mortgage or house
0: can I afford? Okay. So, let's say I have 50k, you have 50k that's a down payment and we have the 20%, right? We, we have enough to move on this unit. How do I navigate the, like this mortgage process? Cause it's, it's a big loan, right? Mm-hmm. Most, I would say like,
1: we would have to look for a, um, a bank that, that's willing to issue a mortgage loan to you to do that. You know, you can either go to each bank and, Ask the advisor. Oh, I want a mortgage of this much. Uh, you know, can I get a pre-approval or whatnot? Uh, or you can also use a mortgage broker wh- who does the shopping around for you.
0: Hmm. It's It's worth knowing though. Like, um, like no matter how you cut the, how you make it sound pretty, a mortgage is a fancy loan. It's just like it's a lifetime of debt. It's a big ass loan. <laughs> that's 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 what it is, right? Like, <laughs> no matter how pretty, you are, it, it's a loan. So just keep that in mind. When you start this process, like if you can't afford that full five hundred k upfront, you can you meet the minimum of twenty percent, but you need like a a loan to basically cover the rest, and that's what the mortgage is. Mm -hmm. You mentioned before, like pre-approval, right? Like from what you just said, I have two questions. What What did you mean by pre-approval? And then, what exactly is a mortgage broker?
1: For pre-approval, the bank will generally ask for your your income on a regular basis how much you make every year so they can calculate how, how big of a loan that you can afford. Mm, you're right, mm. you're right. Okay. And after after they calculate that, they'll give you a an amount that they are comfortable lending you, and that will be your pre-approval amount. So going while you're going uh, property shopping, you'll have to keep that pre-approved amount in mind and also your uh, how much down payment you have at the time and that would be i guess the maximum uh, value of the property that you could you could buy
0: mm-hmm. uh, i think it's also worth knowing that when you take a mortgage out it's a loan so obviously you could pay interest on it so what we mean by interest is the total amount plus like a rate there so the banks make money on the loan right mm-hmm. that, that's just how banks operate yeah but when you get a pre-approval when you get a mortgage pre-approval from a lender that pre-approval is the total amount that they'll like loan you plus whatever rate they gave you then, that rate is good until like I think six months or something. So like between like them issuing the like the pre-approval to you, say like Bank of Canada decides to raise up Prime again or something, right? And all rates go up. If they pre-approved you for a lower rate, that lower rate is still good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also worth noting that if for example, if the bank candle went the opposite direction and lowered prime, and then all mortgage rates went down, you can always ask the bank to um, reevaluate what the interest rate could be, right? So, honestly, for a pre approval, I think getting a pre approval, there's no harm in it. And it's always good, like Matt said, it's always good because one, you know exactly what your limit is on the mortgage. And two, you're already betting against the odds for like an interest rate, right? You can only go down from there.
1: Yeah. And grabbing the pre-approval is also very useful. If uh, there's a property that you really like and um, it's closing very soon, you will need the pre-approval to, to pretty much get all the documents done and uh, actually have the money for closing day if it's, if it's coming up very soon.
0: It's kind of like, like a vote of confidence, right? You're telling mm-hmm. whoever's trying to sell the property that, hey, the bank is willing to give me this amount of money, and I already, and so, I'm a serious buyer. Yeah. Okay, and then I mean, I can take over to the mortgage broker part because you've been talking okay. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a mortgage broker is exactly what it sounds like. It's someone who's specialized in handling mortgages. I personally, rec- I would recommend if you're looking for a mortgage to always use a mortgage broker. They'll they'll help you find the lowest rate. So instead of you cold calling banks or going to like. Multiple banks going like, hey, I need a mortgage for 400K. Wait, our difference is 400K. Yeah, it's 400K here. Yeah. Uh, I need a mortgage for 400K and I want an interest rate of, I don't know, what's the fair rate right now? 2%, probably 2%. 2%? Give it to you. Yeah. Yeah, 2%. Instead of doing that, the mortgage broker will be actually the one doing that, which is really nice, right? And keep in mind, because the mortgage broker has been in the industry a long time and has the experience, their network is way better than yours, right? They all have access to lenders that will take them more seriously than take you, right? Because when we say lenders, it's not just a bank, right? Like a financial institution or like a credit union could also give you a mortgage. Like I know my old roommate used, oh wait, I shouldn't mention him, that's fine. Probably the one who's a <laughs> personal stuff splashed uh, on the uh, podcast, but just keep in mind, a mortgage broker is great for this. The best part is you don't have to pay the mortgage broker. The, the lender who issues the mortgage to you does. It's basically like a finder's fee because the, bank, the financial institution would be paying the mortgage broker for saying, hey, thank you for referring this client who signed up for a lifetime of debt with us.
1: And that's how they <laughs> get paid.
0: <laughs> If there's Pretty one much. thing that like, I wanted to reiterate, is like a mortgage really is like a lifetime of debt, right? Like it's a big amount. 400K yeah. is a hefty amount. Yeah. Really keep that in mind. Okay. Um, I think that's a mortgage broker. We'll include like a couple recommendations in the description, I think, for like... Should we do that? Yeah, we and, can. Uh, yeah, we can. Like we won't include like specific mortgage broker details, but there are definitely like entire like uh, mortgage broking... broker. There's like companies that have like brokerage. Yeah, there's like, (laughs) there's like brokerages that we can, that's available on Google and like, we'll, we'll throw some in there. So if you are like looking for like a mortgage broker, these are the brokerages that will uh, give you access to one or like start that process for you. There's also some other stuff we should probably talk about uh, for the mortgage. Like, do you want to cover the amortization period, the term period, and then like the idea of a variable versus fixed rate?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I guess start off with the interest rate variable versus fixed. Uh, fixed would be pretty much the same rate throughout the term of your loan. And let's say you, you'll lock in 2% interest for five years. So that'll be fixed. But for variable, it usually is a prime subtract a percentage. And this depends on the financial institution that you're, you're getting the mortgage from so you'll be paying a rate that really depends on the market
0: so what sounds like is you either have like a rate that's locked in or you have a rate that's floating right yeah okay and then you mentioned term like what what do you mean by term there the term of a mortgage
1: is usually like a shorter payment agreement
0: oh no 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 i think i think that's right because okay so, for a mortgage, if there's two main things to keep in mind. The amortization, which is the total length of the mortgage, right? So, like if you take out 400K and you're signing up for like a 30 year amortization period, which is the max amount, that means you have to pay back the 400K within the 30 years, right?
1: Yeah. And I guess like term would be the period of time where your parameters of your, of your mortgage have effect. So, Let's say your, your, your interest rate is 5%, it will be effective for that, for that five years. And Got then it. usually you will have to renew your mortgage, uh, get a new rate, or,
0: or whatnot to, to continue paying, paying off the rest of your debt. Got it. So my amortization period for 30 years doesn't mean that my rate is the same for those 30 years. It's only for like the term period which is, like, a shorter amount where the rate actually gets kicked into effect. And at the end of my term period, that's when, like, my yeah, rate You to
1: renegotiate hit. everything.
0: Got it, got it, got it. Okay. That's good to know. So, you know, when we sign up for 400k to buy this condo at 16 and Street, close to Orange <laughs> Station, we could not lock it. Like, we know that our rate can change a bit, you know? we're mm-hmm. really bad negotiators. Okay. Um, It's also worth noting for the amortization period. When I said 30 as max, what I meant is obviously the longer you, longer your amortization period, which is like the total length of your mortgage, the lower your monthly payment goes down. So say like I put a shit out like 30 years, that means the 400k that Matt and I are going to sign up for, our month we're getting it down to like the lowest possible monthly payment. If you're to go shorter like 20 year amortization or 25 years amortization. All that means is my our monthly premiums would go up because we're saying we can pay back the loan within like less amount of time, which might be desirable, right? Yeah, I mean, if
1: you have the cash flow to do it, it by all means, pay pay a, a higher a higher monthly amount. That way, you can pay off the loan a little faster, and you'll you'll end up paying a lot less uh, interest over the years too.
0: Right. Uh, but like. Honestly, our recommendation is max out the amortization,
1: because <laughs> mm-hmm. that way you'll have more disposable income to use per yeah. month, and you won't be stretching yourself way too thin
2: <clears throat>
1: for for a uh, <clears throat> higher mortgage payment and shorter amortization period.
0: Yep. Excuse me. Also, the final thing I want to say about mortgages is your mortgage rate and your pre-approval amount. Would you'll probably get the Best offers like for your mortgage, the more at twenty percent or higher down payment because the lower your down payment, the more risky lenders will see you up and uh that comes a pay- that comes with trade
2: offs, right? Yeah, of course
0: okay, um that's the mortgage uh,
1: yeah, so I guess the next step would be actually like looking for properties. I mean, no, no, them, we're, we're trying to buy this property,
0: man. We're trying to buy oh, a property, right, right, a two right. bed, two bath, man. We're living together, and after this hotter episode, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So to buy it, we would definitely recommend going to a realtor. You can I believe, you can't do it without one. But there, from what I've heard before, there are a lot of legal documents to go through. To uh purchase a property. So try hmm. to get someone who is a professional in the field to do it for you. So you, you can contact a realtor, uh, and they'll most likely reach out to the selling side and, and arrange for a time where you can actually see the property itself. Uh, like one thing to, to know is things you see in the pictures don't necessarily represent what they are like when you actually see it in person. So like,
0: you tell me that giant Buddha painting we see above the bed might not be real?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I so mean, idiot, it,
0: may, maybe it looks
1: bad now, but it could be very, you know, it uh, provides a sense of calm, relaxing atmosphere to the uh, to the property. You never know, right? Dude, that's so creepy. You wake up and that's the first thing you <laughs> see. <laughs> but yeah, so you just want to check you want to check out, reach out to a realtor so you can check out the property in person.
0: I, I think it's worth noting that once you like work with the realtor, I think I think I would say like, you are in like the really serious uh, mode at that point, right? Because like just the like think about like the order that we went through, right? We picked, we were browsing around, we found a condo that we like we figured out like what we can afford as the down payment. And then we figured out like what we needed as the mortgage balance. Right. So at that point, like we would, you should have an idea of like your financial situation, what you can and cannot afford. And when you reach out to a realtor and you start, like the realtor starts working with you and showing you properties, just keep in mind, like it's a serious, like this is you're in like serious territory now. The reason why I'm saying this is like realtors also have like, it's their job. Right. So I wouldn't, I would take the time seriously and like, don't waste your time.
1: Right. Uh, so would the next step be
0: actually bidding for the, for the property itself? I would say so because like, we, we looked at this property, we like it a lot. Right. And like, we figured out our finances, but like, we can't, I mean, I'm sure if we really had to, we might be able to, but like we're, we, in order to like express that like interest. Right we have to put like we have to have like someone reach out to like the seller sellers like real estate team and go, like hey we want to put an offer in right yeah which is the bid process or or what does it mean to submit an offer
1: submitting an offer would be a formal intent to buy yeah yeah intent to buy yeah so you'd give them a an amount that you you think is a fair price for for what they're selling and the seller will look at all the offers that they get and decide which one they want to go for. Usually it's the highest bid that wins, right? So in order to, I guess, give a fair price, uh, you want to look at other properties in the area that are very similar to this one. So you have an idea of uh, the properties you're going for. That way you're not bidding, nor are you overbidding and overpaying for a property at the same time.
0: It's a really good point. And then, when I'm making an offer, I have to keep in mind like the closing date, right? Mm-hmm. So like a uh, what I meant by that was the closing date is when the seller wants to sell the property by right? So say, I'm not sure if this if the one we're looking at has like a closing date already specified in this, probably not. but like for for example, going back to the exam, uh, the property that we're looking at, the five hundred k property by Warren station. If they had a closing date on the say they want to close by September thirtieth, that means the seller of this property wants wants this property finished, out of their ownership, paid for by the thirtieth. Is that, not, that that seems but, like a that seems pretty quick, no? <laughs> I mean honestly, with the rate of real estate's going, I see it. Yeah. That's oh, true. Yeah. People are, are crazy with uh, buying and selling nowadays. Even the stories you see in like the Toronto Star with like stuff just going over over on housing by like like East Danforth. Anyway, that's just like what I was trying to say is when you submit an offer, the realtor's like your realtor and like the sales realtor, both realtors will probably have an idea on what the closing date is. So when you're making an offer, keep that closing date in mind, right? Because if they want to close within, like, 30 days or something, that means the whole real estate buying process and everything has to be completed within that time, which we'll we'll talk more in depth a bit as we go through the episode. But, like, really, when you submit an offer, keep in mind when the closing date is. Do you want to talk about conditional offers? Yeah, sure. So... Say Matt and I, we want to start our offer for this place not at 500K because we don't feel that's fair at all. And we want to start a bit lower and go at like 480, right? When we submit that bid of 480K to the seller's realtor, you can put in conditionals, which are, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a condition. So when you put in the offer, it's like, hey, we'll buy the property at this price, but it's conditioned on if... The home inspection is okay. So everything, so we would hire a home inspector, go in, check if what you're selling is like good. Like if everything's working. There's the nothing thing. wrong with it. Yeah, specifications. Uh, another example condition you can put in is I will get finances, all finances in time or something, right? Yeah. Um the more conditions you put in, honestly, the less attractive your bid looks. Like flat out, honestly, that's what it looks like. Because the more conditions an offer has it just means more work for the seller, and like less of a guaranteed sale, right?
1: Yeah, so like like it makes sense. The seller wants a guaranteed price, and someone who's not gonna f- flop on them for mo- for most part. so especially I guess especially for something that's very highly sought after, like a property that's that's like the best in the area. You I would say going with a, just a regular offer, not a conditional would probably be better. It would make your offer a little more attractive versus um, other competitors which are also trying to buy it? hmm.
0: Um, also, also keep in mind the conditionals are there to protect you, right? So yeah. it's about the trade-off there. If you really if you really like this unit, like if Matt and I really, really love this unit by Warren station we might strip off all the conditionals on it just to make our bid look more attractive. But if we're kind of like, okay, we want to be a bit more cautious and like our responses aren't that high, we'll put in like three conditions in there or something, right? Like, uh, depending on home inspection, depending on our finances working out, or just two conditions, because that's all I can think about right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the bidding process, right? Mm-hmm. Do I pay the realtor
1: if I'm the buyer? Well, I guess like technically you do since you give, you, you provide them the money for the sale at the place. But in the end, the seller does pay for the commission for both the buying and selling side. Um, usually this is about like a 2. 2.5% of your selling price. And that would be split between the buyer and seller, uh, a brokerage, a realtor.
0: Mm-hmm. um okay so to summarize like what we talked about so far there's more so <laughs> stay with us. There, there's a there's there's a bit more we want to warn you about but in summary what we talked about so far is we found a unit we like we checked what we needed as like the down payment so how much money actually we have to cough up up front for the unit um 20 as like a good start down payment yeah. yeah, and then if you go anything under 20%, you have to get mortgage insurance. And then we're talking about the mortgage, so where the balance of that money is going to come from, which is the big-ass loan, a lifetime of debt. Again, I want to reiterate, a lifetime of debt. <laughs> and now we got our finances together. We got our pre-approval for the lifetime of debt. We found a realtor who's willing to work with us. That realtor helped us submit a bid for this process, and we made an offer on this uh, on this condo that we have on our screen right now. This. 500k unit, 2 bed 2 bath on 16 Mandolis and Street, 5 minutes away from Warren Station. Okay, so we okay. send an offer. Say the seller likes us and the sellers like, "Yeah, I'm going to sell it to these two handsome Asian mid-20s kids, <laughs> gentlemen, adults, right?" What happens after we win the bid or we we actually they accept our offer? What uh, happens?
1: Yeah, so within 24 hours you would have to provide a uh, deposit for the for the purchase um this would usually be approximately five percent of the purchase price so for a 500k condo like this one uh we would have to give twenty-five thousand you up up front after, Dude, after, after the what the fuck, man? <laughs> this
0: is bullshit.
1: Uh, uh yeah, so twenty five thousand in a bank draft to-, to the realtors, realtor agency, on the of the seller side, mm-hmm. um, and the re- remaining, remaining ba- balance of what the ninety five percent will be, will be uh, dealt with by your lawyer, and paid to your lawyer, and they will do the transaction with the selling side lawyer, But mm-hmm. so you don't have to deal with the selling side. Directly with the with huge sum of money.
0: It's, it's worth noting that. like This is why, in the first thing we talked about when we went through the property, is your idea of the down payment because you're going to have to have that cash pretty liquid on hand. Like as Matt said before, as soon as you win the offer within 24 hours, you have to put 5% already in the, like, the trust account. That's 5% of the purchase price, right? Mm-hmm. And the balance of 15%, or I don't know what your down payment is going to be. But say you want to do 20% down payment, the bounce of that 15% will also have to be like finalized uh, before the closing date, right? Yeah. So again, it's don't think of it like, oh, I can get this amount of money by then, and then I should have enough for the 20%. It's like, no, you're going to want to have majority of that 20%. I would say almost when you make an offer, because things move very quickly. Yeah, especially
1: if, if let's say, your, uh, your closing was within like, two weeks or what, whatnot. Right. Everything moves really quickly because you, you'll have to go to your lawyers, get everything signed, uh, finish, sign the actual mortgage documents, go to your lawyers, sign, the, sign all the uh, transfer documents and whatnot. Uh, so it'll really catch up on you if you don't have everything ready.
0: I think it also goes back to our conversation before of, like, what we talked about uh, about affordability you'll know very quickly if you can afford 20% of the average price of a condo in that area. Very quickly. Very, very quickly. <laughs> okay. So you keep mentioning this like lawyer, right? And like, I guess like, that's like the main person to you're going to work with and that. Take care like of the whole after the offer part. Right. And how, because they're the ones that are actually handling like everything, all the legal documents, making sure the bounce of your money gets to the seller in time and then like he is also the or they are also the ones that are gonna give you like the keys to place in the end, right? Yeah. Okay. So what does like a real estate lawyer do? Can I go without one?
1: I, I'm pretty sure you to get all of these documents done. Because they have to do a check on on the seller, they have to do a title check on, on you to make sure you actually who, you're actually who you are, you have the money actually
0: henry and matt
1: Um, yeah so and they also have to do a check on the property itself to make sure there are no issues with the transfer of ownership between between the buyer and seller because that's a huge part of of that if there are any issues most lawyers would recommend getting title insurance as a precaution because if there's something wrong with the title for instance you will not lose the property straight up because if you lose what a 500k worth of property that's that's going to sting a lot
0: so the real estate lawyer really just does all the legal checks for you as well as making sure the asset is signed to you properly right Mm -hmm. it's also worth noting the lawyer will take it's also the way handling your money so when you work with the lawyer they'll take the balance of that like your down payment that you want to put in they're also gonna be working with the bank to get the mortgage side, like, or the mortgage amount, because the banks won't give you that loan amount money too directly, right? They'll give it to the lawyer's trust. Yeah. And that lawyer is the one that, on the day of closing, is the one that sends it to, like, the seller side, and, like, that's how the, like, the property, the amount for the asset is exchanged. That
1: sounds about right.
0: You really want a lawyer? Don't go without a lawyer. I don't think, like Matt said, we're pretty sure you can't go without a lawyer anyway, But, like, a real estate lawyer is amazing. Please don't ever forsake the real estate lawyer. They're so important. Especially, like Matt said, it's it's a half a million dollar asset.
1: You don't want to risk doing something
0: incorrectly. Don't take chances. Okay. I think the final caveat we should probably talk about are all the fucking closing fees, right? Yeah. So, Um. what we mean by closing fees is, like, they're, like a 500k condo isn't just 500k there are also fees to be a uh, to be cautious of
1: yeah, i think the biggest one would be the trans- land transfer tax so usually there's a provincial one and a municipal one that's charged when oh my god yeah <laughs> when when the transfer of a uh, property happens one of the perks of being you no know, buying your first property there is a rebate for for those but it's
0: uh, let me. It is rebate of oh, like the rebate amount. It's four thousand for provincial and like four point four thousand for the okay. Think, so uh, municipal. yeah, yeah.
1: So I guess yeah, the total rebate of approximately eight thousand four hundred, which is quite a bit. Uh, and the, I think the average. I want to say the average uh, land transfer tax. Would total up to twelve, thirteen thousand for a condo? I want to say.
0: Yeah, like sorry. So what a land transfer tax is is the asset moving over to you, right? The act of moving the asset from the seller to you, you have to pay a fee for that, and this is what like we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. So there's two fees. There's one on the Ontario side, and then Toronto also charges you a fee. You kind of yeah. get around that with what we're talking about right now, which is the first yeah. time buyer rebate. Um. Yeah, it it this rebate is pretty nice as like a first-time home buyer because it's eight thousand off the thirteen thousand that you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah. So you're only paying five thousand of the. Uh... There's
0: still some conditions, which sucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Some of the conditions.
0: Basically, you have to live in the home that you buy for the first. Yeah.
1: Time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much
0: if you're uh, buying it and then like immediately like renting it out to break even on your monthly payments you're you're not eligible for the prebate. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah like the, uh, the name of it is first time home buyer so you can't have owned a uh, property prior to this one that you're buying or they would charge you the full transfer tax too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh there's a purchasing like price minimum but like honestly with how expensive real estate is in toronto you're not gonna you don't have to worry about not hitting it <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure those numbers are pretty outdated dude <laughs> i think what we're trying to say is a 500k condo isn't just 500k there's a lot of closing fees associated that's on top of it that you mm-hmm. should also budget for what would you say is like a good percentage to use maybe five percent
2: uh
0: because five percent of 500 would be I think- would be twenty five thousand. I should cover everything 25. right
1: i think so i think five percent yeah five percent would be a good yeah.
0: so what we're recommending is um budget five percent of the purchase price for closing fees and then if you don't hit the five percent great that's more money back in your pocket um but in general it's it's a good catch-all because you're gonna have to pay land transfer taxes your lawyer is gonna cost you money too right it's gonna be the lawyer's gonna cost like yeah. 1200 to like 2000 you might have some moving costs.
1: Too. Yeah, I think it, de- it
0: depends on um, the size of yeah, the property. If you, too. Like what we talked about uh, this whole entire episode is also applicable to a house. Like if my and I really wanted like a Drake's house on Bridal Path, then like, you know, lawyers fees go up, but like we still have to put 20% down and stuff.
1: Like everything would be would be a larger amount relative to the uh, relative to the size of the property.
0: A good measure of size is always just square footage. All your listings will have it. I think that's that's everything. If you have a 5%, if you budget 5% purchasing price for your closing costs, then you should be, uh, that should be a catch-all because you should be okay for the transfer taxes. You're going to cover your lawyer and you'll have enough to like for all your, the moving company and you might have enough for like a sofa afterwards too. You know? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so just side note, just make sure you do your home home inspection before closing because if anything does Happen to be out of place or not working and you already signed all the documents your lawyer can't do anything
0: yeah like once the asset is yours it's like it's your problem to deal with you know yeah but that's the whole process like once you win a bid you pay all these additional fees the lawyer will walk you through all this it's really we're talking about this as like a general idea of like what what, yeah the cost cost associated but after that, mm-hmm. like, if you afford the 20% down, you pay all the closing costs, the mortgage comes in, lawyer will sell everything, and that's it. congratulations. You own, dude, congratulations, we own a half-a-million-dollar <laughs> condo uh, by a uh, Warden station.
1: <laughs> but seriously, if
0: you're a listener and, like, this helped, uh, just invite us to your house for me. We would appreciate it. If food. food. <laughs> we'll bring the wine. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh, we should also talk about um, the monthly costs afterwards. That's not just a mortgage amount. Because that might also creep up on them, right? On the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think two of the main ones, especially for condos, would be the monthly maintenance fees and the property tax. Well, property tax would be for both house and condo. The bigger
0: your place, the more property tax would uh, be on it, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And... For the maintenance fee that applies to a condo, uh, that covers uh things like maintenance for the for the apartment itself, cost for security, cost for uh to maintain any of the amenities in your in your place, such as such as pool or or just the hallways, everything, right? Washrooms, public public space, uh, gyms. Depending on the condo, it covers some utilities, I want to say, some, if not all utilities.
0: <laughs>
1: I think a general rule of thumb, typically older condos have an all-inclusive package where you don't have to, where your maintenance fees just covers everything, so you don't have to pay anything out of pocket in terms of utilities. but the newer ones, you may have to pay maybe hydro and then water is covered not?
0: yeah so like this is all in addition to your mortgage amount right because the mortgage is just the what your mortgage premium is the monthly payment you pay on that lifetime of debt this is all costs on the asset itself that you have to pay for um for a house your instead of like a monthly maintenance fee you could pay for like hydro uh electricity and then what was it oh you have to pay for per day garbage removal which i just discovered yesterday it's five dollars a day <laughs> So that adds up quickly. Again, these monthly maintenance fees and your taxes and like Hydro and stuff, obviously they'll all go up with the size of property. So if you're looking to buy like a bigger property, just keep in mind your monthly payments on all this stuff will also go up. Um, You also have a much more appreciation for mansions now because you'll look at it and go, I don't know how these people afford this. yeah I guess like another
1: thing to to know for the maintenance fees um it covers uh just let's say let's say there's something your windows leaking or whatever the your maintenance fee covers that the repair of that because that's um responsibility of the condo ma- the management of the condo to fix uh whereas in your house you would have to pay out of pocket to to fix any leaks in your house or if you're Something's wrong with your roof. You have to fix that yourself because you're just not paying that monthly. You're a proud food. homeowner now.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
0: wait, just to clarify what Matt said on the condo: the condo's responsibility is everything outside of your unit. Like, so the window example is a good one because technically the window's like outside of your unit. But uh, say you mm. you clogged your sink, that's on you. Trust me, it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, anything inside the unit, I think it's also in the walls. that's you. Anything that's like outside would be covered by your maintenance fees. Anyway, I think that's uh, that's everything we wanted to cover for uh, buying property. It's really just
2: mm-hmm.
0: a how-to almost, or like a general how-to. Yeah, uh, it's enough to kind of get you familiarized with the process without going too deep into the weeds. We feel like anything else you want to bring up.
1: Um. I think that's that's about it just you know real estate is quite pricey right now but it's better you get into the market as soon as possible because as it goes up it'll be a lot harder to catch up.
0: I also feel like especially in Toronto because space is a premium uh, if you treat it as like a long term kind of thing versus like flipping properties like year over year it's a pretty safe investment in my opinion.
1: Yeah, definitely. The trends have been been going up ever since, right? And there's always a demand for for housing.
0: As usual, we'll include uh, all the resources that we referenced in the description. If you're a sponsor, we need new mics. Just keep that in mind. Um, If you have any questions, you can reach us at Twitter. We also have an email address now. Because we we're hunting for sponsors. One percent Toronto podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll probably we should probably put the email address in the thing because uh, it's definitely yeah. not intuitive. <laughs> the spelling on that <laughs> is definitely not intuitive. Um, but if you found this helpful, tweet at us anyway. Affirmation is nice. And yeah, or and, if you have any feedback, we appreciate. Oh yeah, too. I don't know if you know this, but we are speaking slower there's now intro and outro music oh we should have a summary point you know what what if like a a bullet like a summary table like a bullet point thing and it's yeah that'll that'll be good like a too long didn't listen kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway thanks guys all
1: right see you guys